Uh, you know, <clears throat> when I was about like nine, ten years old, me and my best friend, uh, Ted Nakamichi, we used to be dropped off at Breakwall from morning till night. We just used to fish the whole day. And we was like, back then, it was like man versus wild, survivor man. We never bring food. We just brought a knife and matches. So whatever we caught, we would cook and we'd eat. So we used to cook the puhi and sometimes no more even fish. So we got to cook like two small oama. And that would last us the whole day. <clears throat> In the Bible, it talks about a young boy, probably around that age, the age me and my friend was. And he had only five loaves of bread and two small fish. <clears throat> it's in John chapter 6. I'll start with verse 5. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip, for he knew already what he was going to do. Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon's Peter brother's brother spoke up and said there's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two small fish but what good is that with this huge crowd so then Jesus proceeds to sit them down bless the food and he feeds 5,000 now that's just men okay that's just men they recorded 5,000 men that's not the women and the children so you're probably looking at like 10 15,000 individuals okay so this little boy you know he comes you know, probably went fishing too. This is my daughter's bag, by the way. I, yeah, it's not mine. So, <clears throat> you get the two fish right here. Yeah, you get the two fish. This is Owama. Thank you, uh, Brother Gilbert, for the Owama. Thank you. And he has the five loaves of bread, okay? So, this young boy, okay? And this is the cool thing. We're going to focus on the boy's perspective. Now, this boy had to walk through, you know, thousands of people to get to the disciples. You see his heart. You see his faithfulness. You see his, his ambition to reach Jesus. So, you know, he'd be like passing through. Excuse me. I'd like to get through. Excuse me. I'd like to get through. Excuse me. And he goes up to the disciples. And says, hey, mister, here. I got some food here. I know. I saw Jesus. He just went healed so much people. I know he can turn this into food for everybody. And that was the heart of that young little boy. So, you know, when you think about it, okay, when you think about it, he had this heart that it didn't matter how big his offering or gift was to God. What mattered was how big our God was to whom we give this gift. So we got to have that kind of heart. So let's pray. Father God, in Jesus' name, we thank you so much, Lord God, that you have taken um, just whatever we give you and you multiply it and you turn it into food for people. You turn it into salvation for souls, Lord God. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Uh, amen. You thank you, Jonathan. You always have the best illustrations. Don't show those Oamas to my son because he needs, he needs papillo, so he's looking for Oamas. Well, happy Wednesday, everyone. Yes, let's take out our Bibles, our notes. We're going to jump in. We are in a new series. Pastor Sheldon kicked it off last week, Equipping the Saints. You know, I was thinking about, when I was like thinking about the message, Equipping the Saints, 
And God reminded me of a, what happened recently with my son, Ethan. My youngest son is a junior in high school, and he plays football. And he was asking me, he said, hey, mom, I need new cleats. So we ordered him cleats, and they came in, and guess what? They didn't fit. And I was like, you can squeeze in. It's fine, because they are not cheap. He's like, they're not going to work, mom. I said, yes, they will. And he's like, no, I've grown. And I said, well, he goes, I can't play if the shoes don't fit. I won't be able to play. I'll just be able to, I'll just stand on the sidelines because I don't have the right equipment. And I thought about that. Yes, we did order him new shoes. So if you are the size 16 and you need football cleats, let me know. I have a brand new pair. Um, but I thought about that. Like we come and we were getting equipped. And I believe if we are the body of Christ, we would want to be part of the game, the game, right? We want to be where the action is. We want to participate. And in order for us to participate, we need to be properly equipped. Amen? That's why you're here tonight. This is our Wednesday night equip and disciples service. But I wanted to just kind of share with you just a few things because you may or may not be aware of some other resources that we have here at New Hope Church. I want to highlight just a few things because as we equip the saints, we are the saints, we are the church. And so in order for us to equip, we kind of have to participate in that process. We are part of that process. So here are some things that we have here at New Hope Church. One of my favorite things is the New Hope app. If you have a smartphone, which I believe 99% of you in this room must have a smartphone, go ahead and download the New Hope app. Everything is on there. If you miss Sunday, you, oh, I, I didn't get a chance to tithe, you can tithe on the app. Oh, I missed last Wednesday, I didn't get a chance to hear Pastor Sheldon, you can review that message. Everything is on there. This is a tool that we use that can e help us equip because we are disciples. Jesus did everything with a purpose. He was equipping his disciples. I believe that we are all disciples. We are all learners. And we want to make disciples. Yes? We want to continue to build. And in order for us to do that, we too must be equipped. And so this is a tool that we can use to equip. Another thing is our rooted and growing. I'm not too sure if you're familiar, but rooted and growing happens, I think, every day of the week. There is something. We are part of a very large church. And a lot of people get kind of lost in that. This is a way where we bring the large church into an intimate setting. They have Bible studies. There's a bunch of different things that they come together. You want to learn more about Israel? We have an Israel focus group. You want to have a women's Bible study? They have that. There's all different types of things. Now, we also have a resource center. If you haven't gone and visited our resource center in the fellowship hall, I would advise you to go and check that out. There's a lot of resources there. Go and take initiative in your personal growth. Go see what they have. We have people there. They can help you. If you, you are looking for something in you know, a particular thing, they can help you find it. One of my favorite things is the Right Now Media. This, is not, this does not cost you anything. And it is like the Netflix for discipleship. Right now, media, stop by the information center, give them your email, they will send you a link, you create a password, and voila, 
You have all of these Bible studies. You want to learn more about Ruth? They have that. You want to learn, you want to do a marriage small group with your spouse or with your friends? They have that. You want to know, oh, my kids are driving me crazy? They have something for that too. They even have things for teenagers. Take advantage of these resources because that's part of what we are doing as the body of Christ. We are learning how to equip ourselves because we are disciples. We have a SALT conference coming up. Now, I know you guys have been hearing this a lot, but I urge you to register for our SALT conference. It is more than just a conference. Regardless if you've been serving 20 plus years, maybe thinking about serving, this is more than that. This is part of our DNA here at New Hope Church. Register for that because this is something that you're not only investing in, but you get to come alongside of other people that may be going through the same things you're going through, or you can help someone find what they're good at. You know, maybe a lot, I hear this a lot. Oh, it doesn't look like you guys need help. That is a myth. The church needs everyone. We need you, and you matter. And you have a place to serve, regardless what that is. So come join us for the SALT conference. And last, we do have a lifestyle leadership practicum. Now, this is a uh, intensive um, I don't want to use the word course. It is an intensive leadership practicum. There's 24 slots. If you feel a tug on your heart, you feel like God's saying, hey, I want you to take a, a next step in leadership, this is for you. Stop by the information and register for that too. Now, if the spaces are filled, don't worry. We will have another one coming up in March. All right, so like I said, grab your Bibles, grab your notes, and we're going to dive in because tonight we are talking about transformed for a purpose. Now, when, when Pastor Sheldon gave me that title and I was like, okay, the first thing that came to mind, now I'm a, uh, I love Discovery Channel, like that's my thing, I love Discovery Channel, especially like Shark Week, um, but I also like watching, you know these shows where they flip houses? Okay, yes, right? You come alongside, you see these run-down houses. Some of them have been, the one I just recently watched, they were affected by Hurricane Harvey, and the storm just ripped out their entire house. And so they have a crew coming in, and what they're going to do is they're going to renovate. So, so this crew comes in, they see this house, and they may see, like, black mold. You're going to have to rip out the floor. You're going to take down walls. This is demolition time. To me, that seems like the most work because everything has to be gutted out, okay? And so there's this one show where they put the picture of what it used to look like, and then they ask the family, you guys ready? And they're like, yes, and they pull the picture, and then all of a sudden, they reveal what their house looks like now. There's a total transformation. And see, when I was thinking about that, I was like, Lord, that is exactly what you mean when you say, you're transforming me for a purpose. It's like being transformed means there's a dramatic change. There's something that, is, that was once something and now it's something completely different. These crews come in, they flip the house, and it doesn't even look like it at all. It has completely changed. Now, if it were me, I always say, they should just tear it down and just rebuild. Like, isn't that faster? And I hear these people that are very passionate about renovating. They said, no, because the foundation is good. The bones and the structure is good. And because I have no idea what that is, I'm like, okay, but isn't it faster that we just, 
And no, because they take what is there and they transform it. And then you see this completely different house. That, my friends, is exactly what God intends to do with us. The second we say yes to Jesus, guess what happens? The Holy Spirit, God the Father, and Jesus walk in, the demolition crew, and they say, Let, let's get started. What needs to be gutted out, right? Ooh, this pride here, no good. Let's yank that out. And you're like, oh, it kind of hurts, but it needs to be done in order for a total transformation to happen. Oh, you know what? Oh, there's some bad habits under here. Did you just paint over all your bad habits? Oh, yeah, just paint over, right over it, put a picture over it. And no, Jesus is like, no, that's got to come down. That is exactly what happens. God says, you're saying yes to me? All right, you ready to flip this house? Because this is about to start. This is total transformation. And when we think about a purpose, a purpose is something that has been created for something in particular. It's been it's something that has been created for to exist. Now, the greatest question that we all ask, why do I exist? I don't know how many times I have asked myself that. I don't, that is the number one asked question. Why do I exist? And this is what God says. Oh, trust me, I have a plan for you. I have a plan for you, but there has to be a transformation that has to happen. And when that transformation begins to happen, and although it's a process and we continue in this process, look, I am definitely not what I used to be. I am no longer the old bunny, praise the Lord. However, there are times where you kind of feel the old habits and God's like, oh, oh, uh, we can't paint that over. That has to come out. That has to come up to the surface. Oh, you know what? I, I see some mold here. Oh, that has to be taken down. We have to replaster that. And it's a process, but we have to allow God to come in and work and be part of the demolition, right? We are part of that transferring we are transforming, and he has a purpose and a plan for us. So, you know, we're looking at three truths today on why. We're going to look at three truths that how we are transformed and why we're transformed with a purpose, okay? 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. This is like my go-to verse. And I will tell you the reason why that's my goal too. When God came into my heart, and Jesus came into my life, and he started the renovation process, there were still a lot of old habits, you know? And so now I use that scripture, and this is what I'm saying, the, the, the word of God is a sword. It is a tool that we use to, when, to remind us who God created us to be, especially when the devil tries to remind us of who we were, okay? So this is kind of like, all right, so this is like my go-to scripture. If anyone is in Christ, I am a new, he is a new creation. When someone cuts you off, now I'm not sure if the old you was crazy on, in, on you know, road rage, but this is what I do. I am a new creation. You ask my friends, they know I say it all the time. I am a new creation in Christ. It's fine. Hallelujah. Okay? When someone is rude to you, customer service, 
It, it's like high on my list of you just don't be rude. And if someone's rude to you, I am a new creation in Christ. <laughs> guys, I'm giving you guys some tips so you should be writing this down. Use the word. <laughs> this is one of my favorites. Somebody offends you. Sometimes we're just so easily offended, right? We're so emotional. Like we're, we're so easily offended. And somebody comes and offends you or, or worse yet, they say something about your kid, okay? I am a new creation in Christ. I am a new creation. You know what you're doing? You're using the word as a weapon against the enemy because the enemy wants to remind you of who you were. He doesn't want you to be transformed. He doesn't want you to be renovated. He wants you to remain the same. He wants all that mold creeping in. He wants the poison inside of you because you won't be able to reflect Christ in the world that needs Jesus. So he will just constantly spit lies. So use the word and speak it. I am a new creation. Now, when your son or daughter rolls their eyes when you're speaking to them, that's Lickens, that. In Jesus' name, of course. The word gives us the ability to transform. Use it. So tonight we're going to take a look at Romans 12. We're going to be focusing on verse 2, but right now we're going to do one. We're going to read. So turn with me to Romans 12. And, you know, here's Paul. Paul is one of the great, to me, if you ever get a chance to have a study on Paul, who used to be Saul. This is a character in the Bible. This is a man who had true and real transformation. The second he encountered Jesus, his life changed. And trust me, it was not easy. But here he is writing a letter to the Romans. And this is what he says. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, before we get into verse 2, let's look a little bit at verse 1 where here's Paul saying, I urge you. So he's really trying to encourage us, brothers and sisters. Look, living sacrifice means a lifestyle. That is true worship. It is not just what you post on Facebook or what you tweet about. All right? It is, has to be a lifestyle. That's where the real transformation, before the transformation comes, here he's urging us, and he's saying, hey, offer your bodies, not just your bodies, but your life as a living sacrifice. Here I am, Lord. This is me. This is me, and I, I need you. By the mercies that God has, we stand and say, this is me, and I need you. And then this is where God's promise comes in. And then he comes to verse 2. And if you're highlighting, circling, go ahead and mark that up, highlight that, because this is a key verse, okay? Transformation is a process. The difference between transformation and confirmation is distinct. To conform is to be like someone or something. That's what the verse is saying when you're becoming like the world, the pattern. 
You're just mimicking someone or something. Do not conform to the patterns of the world. They're just kind of like repeating sin over and over. It just looks very different. And you don't want to look like the world because we're not of the world. Okay? To transform is to change the condition or purpose of someone or something. When God comes in to flip the house, he's going to change everything. You're no longer going to look the same. You're no longer going to behave the same. You're no longer going to think the same. And when we look at this verse, do not conform to the pattern of this world. And if you're writing notes, please write down, I have a choice in number one. When you look at the beginning of this verse, this is what Paul is saying. You have a choice. You either do or you do not. He's telling us you have a choice. It's called free will. You can choose this or you can choose to live in that filth. Sometimes it's like it's okay that we live there because we just cover it up. We just pretend because we don't look at it. We don't, oh, we'll just close. Everybody has that, that room in their house. Oh, no, 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 we just close the door. That's where we store everything. No, God's saying, no, no, no. I want to transform you, but I'm giving you a choice. You either do or you don't. It's that simple. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Galatians 5.13 says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, but rather serve one another humbly in love. This is another great example of using the word. I have to be reminded, and God's word reminds me that I have the ability to overcome what I think is impossible because of his freedom. It sometimes may be impossible. This is what my flesh feels. My emotions are getting in the way. My flesh is getting in the way. And this is what God says, uh-uh. Do not let your freedom allow you to indulge in flesh desires. He's telling me there's a possibility. There's, I have the choice to overcome that. And that's what we do. We have a choice to not conform. We can choose not to look like the world. We can choose not to give in to whatever rant is going on in Facebook. We can choose not to snap out of emotion or discipline out of anger. We can choose not to continue to walk in those habits. He's saying, you have a choice. You don't have to. But I'm urging you, do not go down that road. So he's right now, he's saying, I'm giving you a choice. See, God gives us three important parts of himself to transform us. He gives us power to live for him, a love that motivates us to choose his ways, and self-control over our selfish desires. Often the wrong kind of fear rules us because it's fear that drives us to please man rather than God. That is conforming to the pattern of the world. We get caught up in performance and we forget to be authentic. The world makes you perform. If it tells you that only the rich are loved and only the beautiful are valuable. Or is it the kind of fear that, that prevents us 
from trusting God when he calls us to step into something new. We become transformed when we know that God's power resides within us, his love flows from us, and self-control guides us. Number two, God gives us a solution. I love this part about the scripture. He's saying, first he's telling us, look, you have a choice, do or do not. But if you choose not to, I'm giving you a solution. And this is what he says. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There's a solution. He's giving us, he will always give us a way. When, when you feel like you're getting stuck, this is where God says, oh, but I have a way. He's the ultimate problem solver. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. This is why it's so important for us to sit with God daily. Be in the word, hear his voice, spend time with him so that we can learn from the master. You want to know how to, what to do? Learn from the master. Spend time with him. Oh, I'm not sure. You know, my, my kids are driving me kid, crazy. Okay, spend time with the master. Oh, I'm, I'm having a hard time at work. Okay, spend time with the master. Let's learn together. Let's learn. You know, I love to cook, but I didn't go to culinary school. But what I did is I learned from my dad, my brothers, and Food Network. I love Food Network. When we spend time with the Father, we begin to learn from the Master. You want to know how to handle difficult situations? That's what you do. John 8, 12 says, Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. In order to be the light of the world, we must be transformed. We can't influence the world for Christ if we don't reflect him. If we attempt to stay in the dark while living for Christ, we'll end up conforming to the world rather than being transformed into the likeness of Jesus. Transformation brings us from darkness into light and in turn causes us to be lights in the darkness around us. It enables us to choose love and kindness over hatred and slander. I love the fact that God always he loves us so much that he doesn't just bring us this far and then just leaves us. He isn't going to come in and just do half the job. He wants to see the project all the way through. Have you ever seen a house that has just half done? Maybe, you know, whatever the circumstances are and it's just there. And it just rots. It's, most, it's like a super heartbreaking there are a couple of homes I've, been, I've seen, I'm like, oh, I wonder what happened. It's like breaks my heart. See, what God wants to do is to come in and he's like, oh, no, I'm going to see it all the way through. And that's the promise that God gives us. I'm not just going to come in and, and sweep up. I'm not just going to paint over the mess. We're going to gut this out. We're going to do this together. And then we're going to transform. He wants to do a complete transformation. And number three, change your mind, change your life. Change your mind, change your life. This is the part of the scripture that's saying, now 
take action. I'm telling you, you have a choice. I've given you the solution. Now you need the action. He's saying, I can tell you how you're going to transform your life. You're going to renew your mind. And when you start renewing your mind, that's when we can see the entire project all the way through. Listen, the enemy, Satan does, cannot control you. Write that down. Satan cannot control you. He has zero power over you. Zero authority. Some of you may be asking, well, why is it then? Why? I'll tell you what tool he has. And it's a very, very powerful tool. It's called making suggestions. That's what Satan does. He whispers in your ear because the mind controls every action you have ever done and will ever do. Every decision you've ever made and will make has to enter your mind first. And that's why God is saying, look, you want real and true transformation? Do not look like the world. And then renew your mind. Because when we start changing our minds and our mind is start focusing on things that are good, then we have the ability to really get in there and change. Renewing the mind. Enemy has zero control, but he will stand there and he works overtime. He is persistent. He does not sleep. And he will give you suggestions all day long. And that's why it's very important for us to protect our minds. What are we reading? What are we watching? What are we looking at? What are you spending your time on? I, in fact, I just told my son, I said, hey, okay, we're going to shut down devices at a certain time. Oh, that did not go over well. We're going to just shut it down because I want to see like, let's have actual face-to-face -face time. Like, have, let's do our devotions. Because he does his devotions, and he sends it to me, and we, we do it all on, online. But what are we so focused? What is our time going to? And in order for us to renew our minds, we got to know, first of all, what am I looking at? What am I giving thought to? Every decision is based on what enters my mind and how I respond to that. Our core value here at New Hope Church is daily devotions and prayer are paramount to strengthening a relationship with Jesus. You are responsible for your process. What you think about and how much time you spend thinking about it. This is your responsibility. Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. That's where we need to take our mind to focus on, things that are good. And then we're able to act in that. New habits start to become created instead of old habits. That's where the renovation really starts to take momentum. A renewed mind leads to a transformed life. Bottom line, a renewed mind leads to a transformed life. 
Jesus is our Savior, but is he also our Lord? This is a question that keeps us in alignment. I want Jesus as my Savior, yes. Yes, but do we really want him as our Lord? This is up to you. This is your choice. And if we say yes, then what we're doing is we're opening up the door and saying, okay, this is me. I love you. I believe in you. Come on in. And he brings the demolition crew with him. God the Father, Holy Spirit, and Jesus walking on in with their sledgehammers. That's what we need. He gives us a choice. He gives us the ability to choose. It's up to us. He doesn't force us. He gives us that free will. And he gives us a solution. And he says, look, I want this for you. But it's going to be a process. Are you in it for the long haul? We say yes to Jesus being our Lord. Do we allow him full access to our heart as ruler over it? He saves us, but he wants to lead us too. And in order for that to happen, I must submit to him and surrender to his will and his ways in my life. It takes some time. We're equipping. We're, we're getting equipped. we got to train. You know, maybe I'm not a reader. There are things that I can watch on Right Now Media. Oh, maybe, you know, I don't really like it's too big. Okay, let's find, go to Rooted and Growing. It's more intimate. Stop making excuses. You are responsible for your growth. And in order for us to have the finished product, listen, we have to walk through it. And this transformation doesn't just happen overnight. We got to get in and we got to look deep and we got to get to the foundation. And this is what I love about it. See, unlike me, God says, no, 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 the foundation is good. I created you. The foundation is great. But see, at the end of this scripture, if you look, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. He's saying, look, I, here's, I'm telling you, this is the choice. This is what you need to do. And I'm about to show you what my will looks like. The new transformed you is when they pull back those, those two walls and you see, is that me? You have friends saying, wow, there's something about you that's different. You'll run into people and be like, wow, you really, you, wow, you didn't even lose your mind. Because I am a new creation in Christ. He wants to reveal to you, he's like, you want to know what your purpose is? I'm going to transform you for a purpose. You want to know what my purpose is. See, we ask the question, why do I even exist? Let me tell you the reason why you exist, because he wants to show you what you were created for. He's like, look, you've been, you've been bringing in all of this. Maybe the storms of life have just left you wrecked. And he's like, let me come in and let me help you clean this up. And we are going to reveal to you what you were created to exist for. Sometimes we're just walking through life. We're like, I don't even know why I'm, why I'm even here. And God's like, um, excuse me, yeah. I have a plan and I have a purpose and it's way better than anyone or anything. But do you trust me? Do you trust me? Are you going to let me come in? Man, who you are 
is nothing right now to what he's still doing. And I am definitely not the same person. But I get to look forward to because I'm not finished yet, and neither are you. And God's saying, hey, no, we're going to get this party started. Trust me, when I, when I reveal to you what God's purpose is in your life, when I reveal to you what you're really going to look like, it'll blow your mind. You'll stand there speechless, just like these couples when they see their, their new houses. They just stand there, and some of them just start crying. Have you ever felt like you've been so overwhelmed? You're like, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for choosing me, for calling me out, for setting me apart. He has called us by name, each and every one of you. He has called us by name, and he says, I have a plan and purpose for you, and trust me, it is not for harm, but it is for good. Regardless of what situation we may be in, he's there, and he's about to transform and flip you. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> the key to being transformed but not conformed begins in our mind and heart, and what we think about precedes what we do. Right thinking, which is God's point of view, leads to right actions. How would Jesus respond? Which then leads to right feelings. Transformed living means that we first change our thinking so that our behaviors follow and then our feelings will follow as well. As you allow the Holy Spirit to transform you inside and out, you become the beautiful reflection of God to a world that needs him so desperately. And then we get to have the purpose-filled life that we were created to live. You may be the only Jesus your friends and family will ever see or encounter. What Jesus will they encounter? Will they encounter just the Savior? Or will they encounter the Lord as well? Will they know his love for them by the way you love, by the way you speak, by the way we respond? These are some questions that help us navigate, engage where we're at. So that I can say, if I really want to be transformed, okay then. Let's be real. Lord, reveal to me. What is it that I need? And he's like, oh, you know, you're, you have this bad habit. That needs to be, okay. All right, Lord, you can, you can take that out too. Okay, Lord, you can start renovating on that. I was really like sentimental about that walk-in closet, but I guess that you wanted to turn it into something else. Well, go ahead, Lord, go ahead. It's his plans. And then he comes in and we get to step back because that day is coming where he says, now look. Yes. You can go ahead and put away your Bibles. I wanted to read to you a passage from Ephesians 4 and 17 to 24. And I love this where I just want to speak it over us. With the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander from far from the life that God, because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame, and they live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. 
Since you have heard about Christ and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. We are a new creation in Christ. And yes, we joke about it, but it is for real. And it is a promise and it is a truth that we have been created to reflect the king of the universe. And he wants to transform us in such a way because the purpose that he has for us, listen, if we are the church, there are people out there, maybe people right in your family, your circle of influence, whoever it may be. It could just be your children, which is the greatest legacy that you can leave them. It's to reflect Christ. There's a world that doesn't know him. And if we think, well, what is my purpose? Look. Reflect Christ. Be the gospel. And show them what real transformation and freedom looks like. Life is so short. Too short. And we have a responsibility. We get to step in that. You can go ahead and Grayson, call Grayson up to the piano. I'm so excited when we're in this series of equipping the saints because I really believe that we're in a time, man, there's some crazy things happening in this world. And I know I have a soft spot for the next generation, but we have a responsibility to our kids. We have a responsibility to show them to leave a legacy that's worth living, seeking after. And true transformation comes when we put aside our pride, if we've been offended, if somebody's hurt your feelings. Things just don't seem fair. Put that aside because what God does is he's like, oh, I can use all of that. That's good stuff. I can use that. And I'm going to come in and I'm going to show you what I can do. Some people think, well, that's not me. I don't have anything to offer. Guess what that is? That is a suggestion from the enemy. No, I don't have talent. No, that's also a lie. God has given gifts to every single person. I don't have a place or I'm just not lovable. Oh, there you go again. That, that sounds like the world to me. Do not conform to the patterns of the world. Don't give in. Don't jump on the bandwagon. Be different. Don't be afraid. Step out. We have a responsibility of being the saints. We are the church. And it's time that we participate in the process. God, can I help? Yeah. See that pride in the back? Bring it out. Okay. Yeah, you know that road rage? Yeah, that has to come out too. Participate. We have a responsibility to be part of the process. And man, when that day comes where he re opens it up again, you, people won't even recognize you. I bet you they can't even recognize you now. You have friends that are like, wow, is that really you? Yep. 
And this continues because he has a purpose and his purpose is his perfect will. God's perfect will. And I'm excited because God gives us so many resources. We are such a blessed church. We're such a blessed community. We're a family that has all these resources. Take advantage of these resources. Take advantage of these opportunities where we get to grow and we get to do it together. I'm excited because God wants to continue to make disciples and we are his disciples and we got to continue to learn and we get to do it together. Amen. Why don't we stand as we close in prayer. I'm just going to ask that you just close your eyes. And if you're ready for a complete flip, like you said yes to Jesus as being your Savior, and maybe it's time to say yes to him being your Lord, and you're saying yes, okay, I know I've said you can come in, but then I didn't like it, so you went back out and come back in, and he's just like, what do you want me to do because I want to transform you? And if you're ready for the demolition crew, God's crew to come in, open up your hands to just receive. Lord, we just thank you so much for being a father and a God that cares enough to give us direction, that shows us your promise, that says, don't. Trust me, I have something better. And then you give us a solution. And you give us the authority, and by your power, by your spirit, we are able to renew our minds. So Lord, we, we ask, Father, as your body, as you continue to equip us, that you would pour out your spirit and that you would allow true transformation to start and that you would remove the things that are in my life that you see that are hindering me that you would remove from us anything that's going to make it less than perfect your perfect will we thank you, Lord, for being a God that loves us enough that you are in it with us, that you are part of it, and that you have a plan and a purpose, that you are going to take us and you're going to transform us, and then you're going to use us so that we can bring your son Jesus to a dying world that so desperately needs you. We ask, Father, that you're your spirit just come and fall upon us, Lord, that you would give us wisdom, that you would give us courage, that you would allow us, Lord, to submit and surrender our lives to you so that we can be a living sacrifice pleasing to you. We thank you, God, we thank you that we have all of these opportunities to grow and all these opportunities to learn. We praise you. We celebrate you. We look forward to the great reveal. Thank you. 
and we love you. And your church says, amen. Yes.